Hello and welcome to season two, episode three. Um, this episode is awesome. We, we sit with a lovely lady called Rosie Millen, um, also known as Miss Nutritionist. And we speak all about her book that she just launched, Burnout as a Bitch. Um, stay tuned for this one. We speak for about everything from nutrition to burnout to feelings of stress and, and understanding where they come from. Uh, I hope you enjoy. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior L. Style and Ian McKenzie. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 33. No, we've, season we've, two. Season two, episode three. Season Thank two, you very much. Episode two. Three. Episode three. three. No, season two, episode, episode three. three. You're welcome. We Thanks have so this. Much, it's like a running joke we have every time. But this uh, is the funny part. This is really funny. So we always mess up this, and everyone loves it. We get all the great feedback. Anyway, yes, um, hello and welcome. And that, if you can hear her, that is Rosie Millen, aka Miss Nutritionist, who is joining us today on the Dog Days, uh, season two, episode three. Uh, and today we're going to speak all around, well, given the fact that it is nutrition, nutrition, but with a bit of a different twist. And I guess burnout being at the core of how you have now got into a world of nutrition and, and reformed yourself. Um, I guess I want to start this off first by saying hello, Ian and Pooch. Hello. Hi, mate. Thank you. Now be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess I want to start with saying hello. Thank you for coming along. Hello. Um, I want to know your story about this because it sounded like a very different sort of um, route into nutrition and one that almost came out of necessity rather than someone that had a bit of an interest in that because you've written a book called Burnout is a Bitch. Uh -huh. We can swear on this podcast, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You can. Thank God, because your book has got a <laughs> profanity in it, which is I ridiculous. Know. Okay. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, talk us through this. So, so where did it all start for you and why did you write yeah. a book with a swear word? So basically, five years ago on March 6th, 2014, actually nearly six years ago now, wow. um, I was basically walking in the park on a beautiful sunny day when all of a sudden I felt really, really dizzy. And before I knew it, my knees basically went from underneath me and I collapsed to the ground. And I freaked out because nothing like that had ever happened to me before. So I basically, I climbed into a taxi and I went home, I climbed into bed and I basically stayed there for three years straight. Wow. And it, and it was scary because it was like, you know, I just, I felt, it, I was paralyzed with exhaustion. I was extremely tired. Like I've never, ever known that level of fatigue before. Um, and, and I just thought, I'll sleep a little bit, I'll sleep, I'll sleep, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And I literally, no amount of sleep was made, making me better. And it was, it was really bad because at my worst, I couldn't even lift my head off the pillow. And I remember just turning, trying to turn in my bed was just exhausting. Like brushing my teeth, going to the loo was really, really challenging. The thought of having a shower just already exhausted me. So I was kind of in bed for about maybe three to four uh, weeks and nothing was helping. I was not getting better. So I kind of did what anybody would do in that situation. I took myself up to the doctors um, and I said, look, I'm exhausted. Please, can you run some blood tests on me? She said, yeah. But when the results came back, the, I was normal and there was nothing wrong with me, like nothing. And she just goes, oh, you're just depressed. Here are some antidepressants. I was going to say, because mm. you Googled that. Yeah, yeah that just it's classic. Out. Quickly, because the four weeks out of, what were you doing before? So I was running my company, Miss Nutritionist. Okay. I set that up um, nearly 12 years ago now. When I, wow. As soon as I graduated, I set it up. Um, but I was also running another business. I just launched my first line of food products, which were protein bars. So I was running two businesses. I had a lot of emotional stress going on at the time. I'd just broken up with my fiance. I got thrown out of my house. I was overworking, not sleeping, overexercising, undereating, all unintentionally. But that's how you burn out. Mm. It's multiple stresses that build up over a long period of time. And then one thing is the straw that breaks, comes back, and that's it. You're in bed. I mean, Jeez. essentially, you get burnout when your plate is already full, but you keep on adding to it. Do, do you think you, you were depressed? Do you think you did have depression? No, I wasn't depressed. I was absolutely fundamentally exhausted. I, I definitely had days where there was a lot of crossover of those depressive symptoms. I definitely had days where it got extremely dark mm. um, um, to the point where I was just crying. And on bad days when I was in bed for, you know, many, many hours and I couldn't do anything, I would just wail out in despair and just be, why me? It's not fair. And I literally didn't, sometimes I didn't even want to wake up the next day. Mm. And it actually, on, on a few occasions, it got very dark. I just, I didn't even want to be alive and I did consider taking my life. Okay. Um, I just thought, I'm just going to take a handful of sleeping pills and just not wake up. Jeez. Three times that nearly happened. But it was my twin sister that was my lifeline during the... The dark days yeah. and... Uh, the dog days. Dog days. The dog days, sorry. <laughs> How dare you refer to the dog days? What podcast is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they really were dog days. Mm. And I've never, ever considered taking my life. Because, you know, before I collapsed, I had so much energy. I was a really happy person. I was really bouncy, really energized. Like I am now, because I'm 100% mm. recovered now. And I'll share with you what I did. 
But back to those dog days, it was it was it was horrible, and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, but my sister was my lifeline, and I didn't go ahead with it because I didn't want to leave her without me. Mm. Yeah. Just on this, because it, I feel because Ian and I've spoken quite a lot about burnout. I um, I don't know if I've experienced it. I've definitely felt the de-energization feeling, mm. but it's funny. One thing I want to come around to in a minute is about holidays and how you know when you have a holiday coming it accelerates the symptoms of pre-burnout, right? Yes. So you start to be like, uh, almost entitled to this this holiday. But for you, this just tackled you sideline. There was no holiday booked where you were sort of working towards no. it. What, uh, it's a good point. And I, I know what you're saying is that burnout doesn't just happen overnight. But it, yeah. but it, you feel like when the collapse happens, you feel like it does. But it doesn't. It's Stress is accumulative and it, burnout creeps up on you. Mm. And most of the time, people ignore the symptoms and they miss all the warning signs. And classically, that's things like waking up even after a good night's sleep and still feeling tired, feeling dizzy during the day, feeling like a zombie, dragging yourself through the day, having no drive, no motivation, finding small tasks challenging, mm. um, being really fatigued after exercise. Sometimes people sort of fall in and out of these symptoms over about a period of about two to three years. And then, like I said, one thing is a straw that breaks the camel's back and that's it. So but it that, is accumulative. It does creep up. But yeah. It's people that... Because a lot of people would say they were having these symptoms, right? And I think that's yeah. why it's gone under... Well, you said it's recently been... It's certified now as, an, as a disease, yeah. right? So the Health, World Health Organization legitimized burnout in May last year, yeah. which means that doctors can diagnose mm. it with you now. But they, they characterize it as more workplace stress as opposed yeah. to general stress which yeah. is because it sounds like a colloquialism it sounds yeah. like a term you'd be like oh i'm knackered yeah i've, I've yeah. got burnout it's almost yeah. become quite a yeah well, it's, it's a, a norm term. isn't it it's, yeah. it's, it's very relatable now and actually I, um, for my book i was doing lots of reading and burnout was first coined by a psychiatrist in 1974 it was right. first cited in a scientific paper but he didn't coin the term he didn't invent it but he he associated burnout with feeling of feelings of stress feelings of exhaustion, feeling of fatigue and anxiety. Mm. So that was in 1974. But today, everybody's, every, like every, you were saying yeah. earlier, I actually mm. think that every other person has experienced burnout some way along, but along not the to line. Because well, I guess it's a spectrum of burning is, out. I, live, call it, I call it the burnout barometer. Right. Yes. We live in such a high, like, high-paced society that yeah. people, it's just, it's normal, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's hard to tell the difference of, is this actually me mm. being burnt out or is this just, is this mm. just my life? Yeah, it's, quite, it's quite hard to tell the difference between, I guess, depression and, and burnout from the from the symptoms that you kind of discussed. Because especially for a doctor, even for them to diagnose, because they're not actually in your head. But if you if if you were to say, like you were kind of saying earlier, if I couldn't leave my bed, I couldn't I couldn't get up. You know, that is a symptom that depression de, de, yeah. of depression. Absolutely, and you're absolutely right. And there is always a lot of crossover with. Um, burnout and depression, burnout and chronic fatigue, burnout and ME. Mm. So, you know, if you if you are absolutely feeling like you can't get out of bed, guys, and you're dragging yourself through the day, first things first is go to the doctors. Mm. Make sure you have a conversation with them. And I always initiate that you get some t- testing done. So uh, rule out blood tests first. So you want to make sure that your iron is okay, mm. your vitamin D levels are normal, your B12 is normal, and your thyroid gland is normal. Because if any of those things are out of whack, you're going to feel tired anyway. Um, but if, if the tests all come back clear and they've, and they've ruled out that it's not depression and it's not ME because you don't have a virus, or it's not chronic fatigue because you've not got headaches and pains, it's likely to be your adrenal mm. glands. And you have to do a detailed case history, right? Wow. You have to go back and be like, what were the antecedents and, and things that were um, happening in your life to cause you to feel so burnt out now? Mm. You know, when I see clients, I'm always like, what's your case history? What, what have been your significant stresses? Does it add up? Does it make sense? Is, it, is that why you're burnt out mm. now? So, yeah, it's, that you're right. It's, it's a very um, delicate sort of topic and there is a lot of crossover, but you have to do the investigative work with a doctor. Well, what's the biggest difference between... So then burnout and depression, what's the biggest kind of difference that you wouldn't perhaps get if you were to be just depressed or if you were to be just burnt out and not depressed? I think it's a really, really good question. It's a really difficult one. For me... I knew it wasn't depression because I knew I came from a place before that where I was an extremely happy and bouncy and energized person. Okay, makes sense. And most people who have burnt out, they're a shadow of the form of the, their former selves. So they used to be really energized. They used to be go-getting. They used mm. to be really happy and bouncy, but they're just not anymore. I get that scares the shit out of me. Like imagining because I <laughs> running the two different businesses that I run, I literally say that my USP or my thing that I've got different over everybody else is my energy. Mm. I, was, I had a little feeling there in my stomach being like, fuck, if I had the same thing, a light bulb that's ripped away from me. Mm. What else? I can't fucking crap on a computer. I can't edit it. I can't do anything. <laughs> wow. So that, and again, you have to be you, really careful. Yeah. That's your identity. You know, even walking into this room here, you're full of energy. Yeah. I mean, 
I'd, I'd love to, that must have been hard, to not then contract depression after having what was really what you identified with and made yeah. you who you are yeah. taken away from you. So take me through how you were then diagnosed with it. So I went to see this doctor who just diagnosed me with depression. And then after that, I went to see a series, a whole host of other naturopathic doctors, natural doctors, um, kinesiologists, reflexologists, acupuncturists, you name it. I tried to identify what the hell was going on. Because for the first year, six months to a year, I didn't know what the hell was going on with me. Like no doctor was really diagnosing me. Nobody knew what was going on. So I didn't officially get diagnosed. It was just that everything was pointing to the same thing. Everybody was like, like, for example, the reflexologist touched my feet and he was like, it feels like your adrenal glands need support. They, they feel exhausted. Wow. I went to the kinesiologist and they did their muscle testing and he was like, yeah, your adrenal glands need this, this and this and this. Well, and well, well, what's that? Well, the adre- yeah. Yeah. Well, kinesiology is, is fascinating. It, um, they, they, they say that it's 99.9% um, effective as doing any test. But it's basically you put like a vial of something on your um, body and then you do a muscle test. So let's say if you were um, allergic to caffeine, they would put like coffee on your um, chest or something like that. Or if you were allergic to, um, let's say, a herb like, um, I don't know, Siberian ginseng. If you, if you thought you'd want to take some Siberian ginseng, they'd put it near you in a, on a vial and they would test your muscles. So they would move either your arm or your leg. And if, you, if your muscle went really strong, and it didn't like uh, go weak. No. Then they and uh, they basically say that you're, that's a really good um, product for you to take. Did that weak, did that come from like the Chinese? Because Steph, I think it's so. funny. <laughs> Steph actually, this is quite a funny story actually. Steph um, was having a bit of problems with um, her diet and stuff quite recently, and she said, oh, "I'm going to see a Chinese nutritionist." Uh, my friend recommended me, so she went to see this person, and I was like, oh, "How was it?" She was like. Really weird. Yeah, I was like, what happened? And she goes, well, he held my hand yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. And then he put a bit of frozen chicken onto my cheek. <laughs> and if my hand was yeah, reacting right. towards it, it meant that I wanted it. And if it was, <laughs> it was pushing my hand out. And I was like, right, so now you you can eat chicken because the frozen meat is <laughs> weird. There's probably a better explanation than that. That is amazing. It was, yeah, it just reminded me of that thing. I know it sounds really cuckoo, but it... I think it really, I think it think really it works. works. Yeah, yeah. Cool. that's they amazing. They all swear. A lot of people swear well, by what's, it. What's the gland that you mentioned? The adrenal, oh, adrenal glands. Gland. Yeah. The adrenal glands. Where is yeah. that? So your adrenal glands—they're your stress glands. You don't know where they are. No. Oh, okay. I was I was pretending that I knew. I was like, yeah, yeah. You were oh, like wow. this. Wow. Uh, I tell you, you've got two adrenal glands. They're about the size of a walnut, that big, and they sit yeah. right on top of your kidneys. Yeah. So your kidneys oh. are at the back. It add like the adrenals. AD means on on top of. Renals mean kid means kidneys. Mm. So adrenals on top of the kidneys. Oh, wow, glands. I love etymology. Thank you. It's for awesome. That. And then the I most important gland in your body. Do you know what the adrenal glands do? Absolutely not. No? Energize your whole system. <laughs> no. They're your stress gland, right? So every every three to six seconds, there's another brain in your gland that's detecting stress. And if it sees something stressful, like you know you're about to miss your plane or whatever, it tells these little adrenal glands to release two hormones into the bloodstream. Do you know what they are? Uh, cortisol. Yes. And endorphins. No, and, not endorphins. Uh, dopamine. No. 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 Cortisol. Ah, the bad ones. Adrenaline. Adrenaline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Adrenaline. Yeah, I know you know this. I, no, we actually don't. Um, <laughs> we are three. I thought it was very, very intelligent, like B12, 44, 6,000. I'm like, oh, right, okay, that fine. That's cool, I want some of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Holland about But it. so what happens is these, these um, adrenal glands, they pump cortisol and adrenaline into the bloodstream so that when we're running away from that saber-toothed tiger, you know that fight or flight mm, mode. Yep. Um, the adrenaline's pumping our heart and cortisol is responsible for making sure that there's glucose in the bloodstream running mm. to the muscles so that we can physically run away and deal right. with the stressor. And I guess now in today's world, that is getting up and doing a presentation. Exactly. Everything. Yeah. A text yep. message from your girlfriend, where are you tonight? Yep. Well, it's everything, isn't it? Yeah. That's what's scary. There's so, so much. What, you're, you're, so you can, can you control the feeling of these, these glands through, through what you're eating? Um, can you control the feelings? I think you can, um, yes, in some ways. But I just want to say that your adrenal glands can't differentiate between different kinds, kinds Stress, of stresses. Yeah. Right. So like you were saying, if you're having an argument with your girlfriend, it's the same as so if you much. were really going to have to run away from a saber-toothed tiger. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's things that you can mm-hmm. do with your lifestyle and your diet that can support the adrenal glands. I think that's what you meant, right? Something like <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> Where did diet come into it then from when you got diagnosed? For me, it was, it was, it was pretty much day one. Because yeah. I, I realised... I mean, looking back, I know that recovering from burnout is a three-pronged approach. You have to change your diet, you have to change your lifestyle, and you have to change your mindset. And for sure, the easiest thing to change is your diet. Mm. And so first and foremost, I had to eat more. 
because food in is energy in and um, you can get burnout by under eating and being stressed alone. And I definitely wasn't eating enough because I thought I was superwoman and I was working at the speed of light before I collapsed. And I just thought I didn't do it intentionally. It was just I wanted to take over the world and my diet kind of went, it really went out the window. And I think we all agree that when you're when you're traveling, when you're super busy or you overwork, you don't eat well, do you? No, you what, just... what was a classic day of eating? Was it like 10 coffees and a prep? I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Wow. Wow. But it was definitely green tea and chocolate. <laughs> green tea yeah. and chocolate. And chicken. And that was literally all I survived on, which is stupid, I know. Well, and so I'm an no nutritionist. No carbs. Well, yeah, you and, then, and you actually were, which I got wrong at the beginning of this podcast, you were actually a nutritionist before all That's of right, this. That's right, I know. So Sorry you, about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a myth. I know, well, I mean, well, I'm an idiot. It sounds like you, you were just in flow state constantly. Just, I was, freight train state. Yeah, yeah. just... You you knew the work that you had to do, and that was yeah. there was no getting in the way yeah. of it. But like I said, I, I have to emphasize that it wasn't intentional. I just thought I was superwoman, and I mm. really was so passionate about my career and my job, and you know, growing my business and helping people. And my health wasn't the priority because I felt invincible. Um, but obviously, I really, really learned the hard way. Mm. So just back to your question about the changes to the diet, I, I had to increase my calories. I had to eat around the clock. I had to make sure that I was eating adequate protein, adequate fats, adequate carbs. Um, and make sure I was balancing my blood sugar levels. Because do you know what happens when your blood glucose drops, when you don't eat for a long period of time, and you go and your blood glucose drops, do you know what else happens? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, if you're sort of speaking about like how, because it, it's dangerous, that's like t- diabetes, it can send the wrong signal to your liver, which then overproduce that, and it, it, it dysfunctions. Yeah, so if your blood glucose levels are too high, mm. um, it overworks the pancreas because of the yes. insulin release, and that leads to diabetes. Mm. But if they get too low, it actually tells the adrenal glands to release cortisol and adrenaline into the bloodstream. Ah, okay, so, so you're getting a mini stress response, which is absolutely what you want to avoid. Wow. So yeah. So, so just so, from diet alone, forgetting we'll come on to lifestyle and, yeah. and mindset, you are triggering this stuff that's yeah. essentially wearing very thin on your yeah. on everything else. And there are three foods that zap your energy and wreak havoc with blood sugar and are not friendly on the adrenal glands. I'm going to let you guys guess. <laughs> three foods. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> three like, foods that, that are bad to that avoid. Zap your energy. Food, yeah. food groups. Sugar. Well, I had white yes. sugar. No, they're actual oh, foods, uh, not Alcohol. Groups. Yes. One. Okay. <gasps> it's got to be alcohol. Teacher's pet. You got two in a row. Well, I was alkaline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, to, I'm trying to read your hand uh, signal there. I'm for, we, coffee. We, yeah, coffee. Coffee. Oh, coffee. What did I, what did I say the other day was, um, Aubrey Marcus says it, that you shouldn't, people that start the day with coffee, you wake up dehydrated and you, as soon as you put coffee into your, you're just dehydrating your body even more, yeah. which then makes your body even more yeah. stressed before you start the day, right? Yeah. But people think, it's, but it, it helps you, but, but it's it really does But it's superficial energy. Yeah. It wreaks havoc on your blood sugar levels because caffeine, right, the, co- the caffeine in coffee, mm. it behaves just like sugar in the body. So on that, on that blood glucose, it's going to rise and then you're going to have that crash and you're going to be slumped again. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and caffeine, if you're already feeling really burnt out, really tired, you're dragging yourself through the day, you know, you're feeling overworked and anxious and stressed, you don't want to be relying on coffee no. because it whips the adrenal glands. It's like temporarily giving them that energy. Like a, It's like whipping a dead horse. It's like... You know, there's some science behind I love, I love this. Yeah. Apparently, right, and this is when you get a little, a little bit woo-woo about plants, right, but the reason caffeine is how it is, that is a defense mechanism from the plant of wherever caffeine mm. comes from. And apparently it is to send humans into, into uh, flight or flight mode. And that's what it's like. They train, they looked at it and like checking like the little cellular thingamajigs. Mm. That's how that plant has evolved. That's so cool. To stop getting picked, apparently. I wish I could put that in my book, but it's too Probably late. <laughs> also, it's coming from so me, awesome. so that might not be true. I'm going to research that. Yeah, because yeah. I think like when we um, were launching Rank, that was one of the things that we looked into. Like, why would you, how can we create a product that you replace um, coffee for? Yeah. Um, and caffeine is one of those things that your body doesn't really want in it. But sorry, yeah, so, so but I, I'm alcohol. Not, yeah, alcohol, caffeine, sugar. and sugar. But I'm not. I'm not a food Nazi. I am massively a believer in the eighty twenty rule, which is eighty percent of the time, you know, you feed your body, you give it what it needs, and mm-hmm. you nourish it. But twenty percent of the time, you can have that glass of wine or have that chocolate cake, right? But again, if you are feeling extremely exhausted, you're feeling stressed, overworked, or you feel like you're on the brink of burnout. I would recommend not having too much caffeine. And I'm not saying never have coffee. One cup of coffee a day is fine. But I know loads of people in all the talks that I give, you know, I say, raise your hand if you drink coffee. And there are people that drink 10 cups of coffee a day. And they're they're on the floor. And I'm just like, how's your energy? And they're like, it's terrible. And I'm like, no shit. (laughs) So, um, yeah, caffeine, got to watch out for caffeine, not too much. Swap it for caffeine-free teas, like peppermint Mm. tea, ginger tea. 
um, lemon tea. Don't go overboard on the alcohol because it's obviously an anti-nutrient, it's inflammatory in the body. Mm. Um, and just be careful of the amount of sugar that you're consuming as well. So a lot of this is chicken and the egg because I can imagine there's a lot of listeners hearing this now going, I, I'm I know this. Because I need, well, no, I know this, but yeah, we all but, know it. Mm. We know that caffeine really isn't good for you, but mm. also people are literally dependent in the morning. I'm not the same without coffee. You know, you've heard all the, yeah. I can't concentrate without coffee. And, you know, people have to normally go two weeks without having it to then start seeing the benefits. That's right. So I guess the micro change, I think that is the hardest one to go. And I would say probably starting somewhere else could be maybe a better way to get somebody on board. Because I guess if you can energize them through better oh, macros yeah. and whatever yeah. else, then they might be like, do you know what? I'm, I've got this far now, enjoying this new energy that I've mm. got. I'm going to bin off coffee with ginger tea. Yeah. So w- would you, and sugar is another one as well on the, on the Pareto law. Well, some people have sugar with their coffee. Yeah, I think it's quite. I start when I tried, tried cutting down on sugar. I started simply as just had no sugary drinks for like instead of having squash or things. So I just drank water for a month, and that actually because that we I guess with a lot the habit of sugar. mindset with the changing habit mindset, it is you know it's like okay, no more sugary drinks and no more chocolate bars, whatever. Exactly. Else, yeah. Okay, interesting. I've got, I've got a question for you guys and for the listeners, which is they can't answer, you, but we'll answer. I know, but <laughs> do you ever have the shakes when you have coffee? You get a bit jittery and like yeah, Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So that actually means that your liver doesn't have the enzymes to break down the caffeine in coffee. And that means that you are the people that are very sensitive to caffeine, which is why you need to be careful about the amount of coffee that you drink. Mm. So for those of you that are feeling that way, you're the ones that need to be careful about the amount of coffee you consume. But for those, there are people out there that are not sensitive to caffeine and their livers are more robust and they they drink loads and loads of coffee and they're fine and they can still sleep. Mm. Um, And that's the other thing. Too much caffeine can interrupt the... um, the deep REM sleep that we fall into, caffeine and alcohol are massively, uh, massive inhibitors yep. of that. So make sure, if you are drinking coffee, just make sure you drink it before two, three o'clock and no more after that. That's interesting you say that because I've noticed my mum in particular can have a cup of coffee before bed and I just can't understand that concept, how someone can have that. Because for me, yeah. I, I don't oh, really yeah. get like physical handshakes. I get, sometimes my vision's mm. kind of shaking and then I just feel, you know, I'm quite a stressful person anyway. I get quite quite anxious. So I feel like... It hyper. It makes that quite yeah. hyper, but then it also you can channel it to work to your advantage. You know, if you if you're in a like a meeting which is really important, you know, it can help me feel a little bit more alert and on it. But yeah, I definitely I notice more like vision vision. A lot checks. of European countries, don't they? They have espressos after their dinner at night. Yeah, yeah. it's like, an, like uh, a shop of espresso. Get used to it. Okay, before we get stuck on making this a, po- a coffee podcast, well, what, what, <laughs> well, yeah, sponsored by Guatemala. <laughs> we, well, we covered we covered foods that are bad for you, and obviously what foods would be good. So swap in, swap yes. out. Let's go through yeah. this. So you want to make sure that you're eating adequate protein. So okay. that's things like chicken, fish, eggs, nuts. I'm a vegan. Seeds. Yeah, and vegetarian protein as well. <laughs> so that's like tofu, quinoa, lentils. I'm a big fan of protein powders as well. Mm. Um, because, you know, your hormones, they need fats and proteins to be manufactured. Mm-hmm. And so have you heard of essential amino acids and yep. essential fatty yeah. acids? Do you know why they're called essential? Because they have to be there in order for you to like digesting the caffeine with the enzymes. You need them to digest the protein, I guess. Well, it's because your body don't, don't make these amino acids. That's why you I have see. to ingest them. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we need a gram of protein per kilo of body weight. So if you weigh 60 kilos, you need 60 grams of protein per day. If you weigh 80 kilos, you need 80 grams of protein per day. Um, and, and, you know, your adrenal glands really need protein because obviously when you're sleeping, that's when your adrenal glands are manufacturing all the hormones. So you need the building, the, the building box for all those things. Right. So making sure you're having adequate protein at every meal and snack, making sure that you're eating um, slow-release carbohydrates. I call them smart carbs. That's things like brown rice, lentils, yep. um, oats. And these release their sugars into the bloodstream much more slowly because they've got fiber, B vitamins, magnesium, vitamin C, rather than having the quick refined carbohydrates that just give you that high and then that crash. So mm. that's things like cakes, donuts, biscuits, all the things we love. And I'm not saying don't ever eat these. <laughs> but again, if you want more energy and you want to avoid those energy slumps throughout the day and you want to be, you know, with the spring in your step, mm. balancing your blood sugar levels is key, having protein at every minute snack and swapping the refined carbohydrates for the slow-release carbohydrates. What's from protein? Where do you stand on the vegan kind of topic? Because I know it's veganuary at the moment yeah. and there's lots of things coming out. So do you think... Um, you know, I've not actually noticed many nutritionists that are vegan. Are you vegan? I'm not vegan, no, but I definitely am much more plant-based now more than ever before, only because I love animals and mm. I really am trying to make a bigger impact 
on um, well my impact on the environment mm. and I'm trying to really reduce my load on mm. the environment like I just got rid of my car I don't buy fast fashion anymore Amazing. I recycle everything I, I, I definitely don't eat nowhere near as much meat as I used to um, and my energy is still really good but I make sure that I get everything that I need in my diet because a lot of people you know when they take something out of the diet they don't replace it with something else and that's really key that. Just on that, because I think that's the biggest thing it's that we can learn. Thing. Yeah. What have you subbed out, and therefore what have you replaced it with? Because B twelve um, is the big thing. Everyone goes, oh, you can't yes. get B twelve. So unless you can take B twelve supplements, yeah. Supplements. I think I think I've taken out more chicken in my diet. Oh. Yes, and I've replaced it with more um, vegan proteins, like more tofu, mm. soya beans. Lentils. I, I definitely eat more chickpeas and quinoa. Just vegetarian sources of protein. Not the red meat, then you haven't gone. No, no I still no, no. I still eat a little bit of red meat because um, okay. it's a great source of iron um, and you know zinc and things like that. Which is what again you need these things for the immune system and to manufacture all the hormones in the body. I'd say that people have done the opposite to that. So everyone what, watched Game the red meat. Oh, they can't. They've the gone meat, yeah. no more red meat, carcinogenic, really bad. For yeah. stuff. I'll have chicken and white fish and that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, no, and I've done the same. Like I, I definitely don't touch any. I mean, I used to have chicken and meat, red meat every single day. Yeah. But I, I, I very rarely touch it now. I mean, not rarely, like, as in, um, I would say once a week, which mm. is fine, the red meat, that's, yeah. you know. It's really dangerous. And I, just on the diet thing, because I think we're coming to a natural conclusion around diets. My summary, which we'll do in the end of this podcast <laughs> in, in a week's time, yeah. literally is find your lifetime diet and work yeah. out what, what sticks to you. And there are such things as fad diets, but actually fad diets can be quite helpful for you to understand what works in the body and course, what doesn't. Yeah. I think that like, everyone's looking for the... The, the diet that everyone needs to have, I think it's so personalised. But I think it, it's, it evolves. I love what you're saying mm. about find your lifetime diet, but I think that's subject to change Yeah, for, in a good way, in a positive way. Um, like people might think that they're having a very healthy diet, but they might see that, like a TV show and then they're like, oh no, I need to change that. Yes. And it becomes the better version. Mm. But it becomes so, so dangerous. But then it also yeah, quotes then, your lifestyle well, as well. Sensible. Yeah, because when you tie a diet into sustainability... A sport and, and an like, athlete will need a different diet to... Politics. We're literally yeah. tying a diet into politics, right? We're going, well, if, mm. you don't, if you don't turn vegan, and let's say you have a B12 deficiency already, if you don't turn vegan, Donald Trump's going to have another four years of president. Oh, fucking, I'll go vegan then. Mm. But like, yeah, they might at, have a deficiency. At the detriment of your health. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But people are making those choices and they're seeing these, these shows like Game Changers and going, mm. well, I'm going to politically, uh, morally not eat mm. meat anymore. But that could be bad for their Yeah, and body. again, but, but I know this is the, probably the most overused and, uh, sentence in, in the health industry, but listen to your body, do what's right for you, and, you know, get the higher the health of... Sorry, it's the end of the day, I'm slurring my no, words. Nice. Yeah. Um, get Love somebody to help you, like, yeah. go and see a doctor, run the bloods, make sure you're not iron deficient all of a sudden, make sure your B12 levels are up, mm. you know, get a nutritionist on board, just to make sure that, you know, you're doing the right thing if you are changing your diet and you're being sensible about it. Nice. With with diets, what this is, I'm gonna not go too much conspiracy okay. shit here, but that's unlike no, but not... no, no, I was just, I'm quite a deep dive into <laughs> He's stuff. Talk about this, Dr. Sebi. Yeah. I'm not gonna talk about Dr. Sebi, but I just want an opinion from you know nutritionist. You've been you know you've got a book yourself out, and there's a lot of paranoia with food and the foods we eat in regards to GMO and what people put in the foods and what they inject into the animals, and even in the supermarkets you've got the organic stuff that isn't sprayed mm -hmm. with stuff, and you get stuff that is sprayed with stuff that lasts. You know, an apple might last six months, whereas the, the mm. organic apple would last three days. Do you have an opinion on that? Or? Yes. Uh, there's two um, rules of thumb here. The first is, if it didn't come from the ground and if it didn't have a mum, don't eat it. Mm. And if you can't pronounce it, don't <laughs> so, eat it. So when you're reading the labels... Right, but didn't yeah, have a mum. He's not going to say this This dog's mum was cool. We're not eating dogs in the supermarkets yet. Fingers yeah. crossed one, one day. But. Yeah. but also, it's like you are the gatekeeper to what goes into your body. So, yeah, you have to do the due diligence. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's unclear whether or not something is 100% organic mm. and all the labels and the claims. Um, but, yeah, you've got to do the due diligence and, and working it out and figuring it out. But I do like those phrases, which is, you know, as a rule of thumb, if yeah. you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. And if it didn't have a mum, it didn't come from the ground. You can just use that if you're really lost and confused. There you go, go in the Fox. supermarket. Like, what was Pesto's mother called? I can't think of Pesto's mother. Um, okay, fine. I, I said that once in a talk and somebody goes, oh, so Papa John's is okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I love that. Amazing. Okay, fine. So I think we've covered diet, in my head, quite um, uh, in depth. Lifestyle and mindset are still big yes. things you want to take off. So take us through your lifestyle and yeah. I guess the change that you had to make to then become... Yeah. So I really had to slow down. Um, it was really difficult for me to pull on the reins when I realised that I had to slow down because obviously coming from a freight train perspective, 
versus a, you know, be calm and uh, do nothing. It was fr- it, that was a, f- a friction for me. Um, but I really had to set boundaries. Mm. So saying no to set a lot of things. Um, I had to say no to things that I didn't really want to say no to, but I had no choice. Like my social life went out the w- window. I couldn't exercise. Um, and I really had to monitor how much work I did. So I would only do about three to four hours of work from my bed, like on my laptop. And then I would have to just sleep and rest and, and uh, you know, recover. But setting boundaries was key. So I, I stopped working Saturdays and Sundays. And I still to this day have not worked on a Saturday or Sunday. It's very, very important as an entrepreneur mm. that I don't um, blur the lines. And setting boundaries. So I, I would always say, you know, my, at six o'clock, my laptop would always go down. I'd be like, that's it. Everything can wait till tomorrow. And that would be my sort of that. mantra. That's yeah. so hard to do, isn't it? It was so hard to do, but I had to. I had no choice. Mm. Yeah. Just on two big things that I picked up on, um, which I would massively struggle with, exercise. I don't know what I would do if I couldn't exercise for that. I mean, you yeah, literally physically couldn't. I couldn't and, even shower. <laughs> that was Christ. a success for me. <laughs> so, and I guess that was, I guess that was a natural thing, right? Um, and you're not in a preventive state right now. You're in a recovery state. So people that are listening to this, not a lot of them are currently going through burnout. But when you say things like social life and how you had to sort of temper that, how, how would you have changed that if you, if you knew you were heading into burnout? What would you have done differently about that time? So around your social life and around the working, or the exercising thing, because I, I imagine at that time you, you didn't see it coming. No, I right? didn't. So what would you do differently now then? I think I would have said no a lot more. To what sort of people? Not to us. Yeah, um, <laughs> to fucking podcasts oh at 7pm. People that... I, I'm like an over-pleaser. Mm. And I, I, always make, I always want everybody to like me. And so I would bend over backwards for the people that really didn't matter. Mm. And I'm very, you know, I'm very, there's a saying that you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And I, I was rubbish at that in the beginning. And before I burnt out, I was shit at that. And so I would have said no to those people that didn't lift me, that didn't encourage me, that didn't make me feel good about myself. Whereas now I'm very, you know, I've got no qualms about being that person, arm's length, because you don't lift me, you don't encourage me. And I and I think it's an age thing now. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older than now than when I burnt out. Um, and I don't I don't worry so much about what other people think anymore, yeah. which is refreshing and it's actually liberating. But before, before I collapsed, I, I probably would have said, I wish I'd said no to all those people before. I, I think it's really interesting. A lot of friends, I have a lot of friends like you or who you were particularly with saying yes to everything. I can identify with that massively. Yeah, now. I used to do the same. And I, but I, there's something that kind of grinds with me a little bit when I say don't say, don't give any time to the people that don't lift you or empower you. And I'm not saying that's the wrong or right thing to do. But when I say it to myself, I, I don't know if you know what a sunk cost fallacy is, but when you have a friend that you've known for a long time, let's say 25 years, mm. and they literally de-energize you, they literally yes. do anything for you, and they do, but you have this loyalty mm. to them, I struggle with that. But mm. every psychologist, nutritionist, just business cut person it out. would say, cut them out. Cut them out. Yeah. Yeah. Family that, or blood that or whatever. Pro- yeah, it's a bit yeah. aggressive. Yeah, I, is, I hear you, yeah. It is a tough thing to it do. It is hard, but at the end of the day, it's your health, isn't it? Yeah, I well, guess. I mean, you've, got, you've probably got two sense. options, which is have a conversation with them mm-hmm. and get to the bottom of why they zap your energy. Chances are there's probably lots going on in their life that they actually need help with. Yeah. So are you prepared to delve that deep and have that conversation with them? Or well, the second thing is just a little bit arm's length and just be you know aware of how much time you spend with them and just say, maybe just say, um, well, say to yourself that you're only going to spend su- such and such a time with that mm. person. Like once a month, you'll just get together for a cup of tea, yeah. job done, yeah, rather yeah. than every Friday or every... every yeah, or like every other day. <laughs> just I know, subconsciously just, yeah. and inwardly think what would work for me, yeah. um, but but also not affect them and without them being upset. No, I exactly. think those are your options. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll let all the people know that I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's an important yeah. thing to cover because I feel like we can be really dismissive mm. about certain people that might be going through a struggle and if you can afford to give them time, to give them time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You, yeah, moving on. I want to know about mindset as well. Yes. Because you've, uh, oh, you've done... Well, no, wait. Okay. So, yeah, mindset's interesting because um, a lot... A lot of people, Andy Ramage is key, our last guest that we had, oh, yeah. is very big on changing mindset through NLP and, and mm. talked a lot about that. And it's something I've kind of researched. And a lot of people always say, you know, change your mindset. But it's like, how do you change your mindset? Because you're just you're thinking the same things. One day, oh, I think I've changed it. Oh, no, I'm reverting back to the old thinking. How, how, do, yeah, you, I, how do you truly change your yeah, mindset? How have you done that? It's a really good question. It's by far the hardest foundation of, of change when I, when I was okay. recovering. 
And, um, you know, the most important stories are the ones that we tell ourselves and your inner voice speaks to you the most. So you have to think about what, what is it that it's saying. And in my dark days, my mindset totally sabotaged my recovery because I would wake up and my first thought would be, oh my God, I'm so tired. Mm. Rubbish. Why me? It's not fair. And uh, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be tired. I'm always going to be exhausted. This is my life for the rest of my life. There's no point living. You know, and it would just well, go on and on and on. At that point, were there any days where you were like, oh, I think I'm better. Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, eventually. Oh, yeah. L loads of days I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling quite good today. And mm. then I would do loads and loads of stuff. And then the next day I'd be in bed again and ruined. Um, but mindset, I really feel like you have to hire or get some help with this as in another person so you know I always say a problem shared is a problem halved and like I said before my lifeline was my twin sister and she was the biggest aspect for me to change my mindset she would always come in when I was really bad into my room into my house and she would sit down with me and say look you got to change your mindset row because you're just you're going to kill yourself thinking this way what are the things that are good in your life what positive thoughts can you, you know, think about more? What mm. things can you, what positive things can you focus on? And we would literally write them down. Like I remember one moment we would just have an evening where she was like, write down all the things that you're good at. Write down all the things that you love about yourself. Write down all of your strengths. And I was so elevated after that 30 minutes mm. just by doing that simple exercise. Mm, I that. But I would never have been able to do that on my own. And so that's why I'm saying if you're having difficulty with the mind, get who is your support network mm. who who can you reach out to who is it going to be and a support network is absolutely fundamental when you're recovering from burnout mm. you and there's no way i would be here today without my sister can, can you remember the key turning point you know the day the, the day where you know you, you got up out of bed you felt like that you had changed your mindset you felt like you were ready to it was to go so back gradual the no there wasn't i don't think there wasn't a fundamental day that i remember like the day i collapsed a really good question and I wish I did mm -hmm. but it was my recovery was very much one step forward two steps back it was very slow so seeing changes was negligible mm -hmm. and feeling changes was negligible so you know looking back everything has changed now but day by day it was difficult to see but I do remember um sort of four years three and a half years after I collapsed I definitely noticed my my energy was um it, I, I was going for longer periods of time without collapsing or like crashing so mm. I would be awake and energized for eight hours of the day rather than four and then I went to 10 hours rather than mm. two or whatever and then I would I, I remember I, I can't remember when it was but I remember staying up till 10 o'clock and I was like oh my god I've been awake for 14 hours and I still feel fine <laughs> that was probably the moment but I, I can't yeah. remember when it sure. was I think that's just a, this is a, this amazing thing to that I picked up on there is that change is gradual yeah so for anyone that wants to change 100%. a diet change a lifestyle change yeah. a mindset doesn't happen in a day no. or a night. You can't just suddenly change no. everything in a day. So it is gradual. It is. And stay it patient with it, right? Oh my God, so ask? many times everybody was like, you've got to be patient, you've got yeah. to be patient. But how you change is how you succeed. That's one mm. of my favourite mottos or sayings and you're absolutely right. Mm. Can I ask then, because three years is a long time, yeah. or three and a half years is a long time, yeah. what would you, and we're saying on the word change, what would you change to maybe space, make that 18 months? Sleep. Okay. Sleep is absolutely fundamental for the recovery of the adrenal glands. If you want to get if you want to get better quicker, is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay, yeah. there's two things. So the first thing is sleep. Um, when you're sleeping, that's when the adrenal glands are manufacturing all the stress hormones. Um, so sleep is key. We can talk about that if you want. But the second thing was it would be identify your stresses and eliminate them as okay. soon as you can. And I know that's really hard, but I, I promise, and I have this conversation with my clients and everybody, and really the, the crux of it all is if you don't get rid of that stressor that's adding fuel to that fire, you it's going to take a long time to recover. And I food mean, food affects all of this, by the way. Yeah, yeah, massively. I, food I, has a running thread, but the fundamentals for recovery like the is, is eliminating the stressor. And you know what's really interesting, again, that we're learning throughout this month of nutrition, which for me personally wasn't a massive interest, but we're diving into it and having a fun time exploring. <laughs> I've found that everyone that we've spoken to, it always goes back to mindset. And yeah. it's always gone back to... Yeah, you can change a diet. That's kind of yeah. there in writing, mm. but it's more the habit, the habits you're, 100%. you've got, and also the, the, your approach to food, that your relationship with food, or whatever else, your understanding of food. You know, look yeah, at the, the baby boomer industry; they have like fucking pate sandwiches and everything. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we're friends with my mum, but but that's I think that was really interesting to, to understand that this for you is much more of a mind a mindset thing, but also a process of elimination around stresses. Yeah. So for me, recovery is more about, yes, mindset and lifestyle as opposed to diet. And I say this to my clients, I say to them, look, we can get you on the perfect burnout recovery diet, but nothing's going to change if you're not sleeping, yeah. if you're not removing your stresses and you're not removing those negative thoughts. Sleep's what, come up. what if your stress was um, uncontrollable eating, emotional eating? Do you ever have any clients that come to you and say that they... 
this, you know, that's what causes them stress, that they keep yeah. eating, they're eating too much and eating the wrong stuff. Yeah, a handful of times. And again, but that emotional eating is, is triggered by a stress. So you're never going to get to the bottom of it until you identify what that stressor is and you try to eliminate it. So get rid of it or reduce the exposure to that stressor. And that is the hardest thing to do. But honestly, fundamentally, and truly and honestly, you will not recover unless that stressor is dissipated or not, if not eliminated. Okay. And, and just on sleep, because I think discovering a stressor is, is a really hard process. And I think yeah. you're right, having a network around you, people to yeah. speak to, even a life coach or a therapist yeah. to dig, dig down. The sleep thing I found really interesting, because I know that, I mean, Ian, you said you struggle struggle with sleep. I've, I... We covered this sort of last week. We remember we said that guy was like, sleep is for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but because it sounds like you know some, some special stuff around sleep. Yeah, do yeah. you want all my tips? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> we do, we do. It's life this hack. is all in the book. We love a life hack. There is a book. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there is a book. So um, the hours of sleep you get between 10 o'clock and midnight, they're the most boosting. And that is because, you know, when the sun goes down, it becomes dark around mm. that kind of time. Um, there's a, a gland at the back of your brain called the pineal gland, and that is sensitive to light. So when it goes dark, it releases a hormone called melatonin. Have you guys heard of melatonin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So melatonin basically gets us ready for bed. It makes us fall asleep. And so if you're, the theory is that if, if you're asleep within that window, 10 o'clock at midnight, that's why it's so boosting and so refreshing. So have you ever gone to bed after midnight, but had mm. eight hours sleep, but you, you still feel up, yeah. You get another spike. I, I find if it, if it goes past midnight, you get another sort of spike of energy. That's right. And it, it really and it really affects your sleep-wake cycle if you're not going to bed at the same time um, every single night. So, so routine is another really important thing. Okay. Going, uh, having a healthy sleep routine is key in terms of getting a good night's sleep. So getting, going to bed early, mm. making sure you're falling asleep, trying to fall asleep within that window. And dimming down is really, really important. So putting your phone in airplane mode, yeah. <laughs> everybody. It's a game changer. And I often find that sometimes that's not enough for people. Putting it actually out of reach or in another room mm. is, is really what makes a difference. And I know that sounds scary, but it's so easy to do once you've done it once and it's so liberating. So dimming down is key, making sure you're having a, a good sleep routine. You have to be um, in a dark room and you have to be cool. Like your body has to be too... Um, degrees lower to initiate sleep. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, um, yeah I can never sleep yeah. when I start. I haven't really yeah, sleeps so, in, the, in this yeah, time of year, actually. Yeah. My room's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're the type of person where your mind's going round and round and round and you just can't sleep because your brain is just not, you know, off, but your body's exhausted, there's two things you can try to calm it down. There's something called the reishi mushroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's spelled R E. I-S-H-I. It is legal. Weren't you into that? Someone was... Well, was ben no, John. someone had... No, yeah. Ben John. It was Ben John. He was into his mushrooms. Yeah, he, he went was. on a, a mushroom... Um, no, <laughs> no, mushroom no. Farm. Uh, like a course to teach oh, you all wow. about different yeah. mushrooms and their awesome. effects on the body. I know he was into the mushrooms for, for sleeping, yeah. Oh, look, you tried some um, You tried some mushrooms once, didn't you? Yeah, I was also spiked with acid, but let's move <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> Kids, do, do you... Um, <laughs> when you feel overwhelmed now, are you? Uh, there's kind of two questions. Are you fearful you could potentially go back into that state? Um, well, what do you do now then to, to yes, when you're overwhelmed? Question. The answer is no. I make sure that I only have um, a healthy feeling of busyness. So I don't. I make sure that I don't get to the point where I feel really frazzled. Mm. Um, for me, managing my recovery is all about managing the expectations and following those boundaries that I set a long time ago and never breaking them. So always making sure that I still don't work Saturday, Sunday, making sure that I only do like nine to six, making sure that if I feel uh, like there's a lot going on, I take breaks, I take regular breaks, or I get out of town, I get out of London. Um, I do I do me time, I do, you, you know, or you time. And I, mm. I literally put that in the diary so it doesn't get missed and I don't, you know, fall flat on all of that. So I make sure that I have time out, time away from everybody, time on my own, time with friends, do things that I love to do. I found that when I was really ill, I didn't do anything that made me happy. Mm. Um, so I make sure that I do things that are fun. I go out and I book tickets and I go to these events and, you know, I, I live my life mm. and I get, it puts a wind in my sails, right? Mm. Um, eating around the clock, making sure that I never skimp on sleep, making sure that I never uh, miss a meal. And so obviously sometimes I do and sometimes I go out and I don't sleep loads. But, mm. you know, all of these things are what make me burnout proof now. Mm. And I know... I like that phrase. Burnout, burnout proof. proof. Yeah. Ooh, and I, it's my second book title. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I mean, it's almost intuitive. It's not arrogant. It's intuitive. I know I'm never, ever going to be as badly. I'll I'll ever. That. That's good There's just that. no way. 
Um, it's a good way yeah. to live your life. That's, that's how you... Well, well, you have a... I always go back to Rui's... Uh, we had like a Rui Stewart who's a relationship coach. Who, and I, I can't list them off. There were like 12 things that... Wow. He, he spoke about, you know, what's your spirituality like? What are the relationships like you have around you? What's mm-hmm. your exercise like? He has like these 10 or 12 things in his hands that if you check in with all of them and you work out, you can normally... I think that's a identification process of where your stresses could be. Wow. If you look into your, yeah, all those things. Well, Andy spoke about the six streams of positivity. Oh, yeah. Isn't it seven streams? No, of six. Okay. So it's your your movement throughout the day, your um, relationship with alcohol, your connection, your sleep, um, nutrition, and I don't remember the sixth, but it's, but it's, and still thinking as well, that was a big one. So making sure, like measuring them at, in the morning, how you did like the day before. I think still thinking was one that everyone kind of speaks about with sleep making sure that you have you know when you spoke about an active mind before you go to sleep it's probably because you've not uh, sat down and, and and put that and thought about the thoughts that you've you know yeah, running through your head to think inwardly and brain dump and allow your mm. mind to calm down there's another thing you could try I said there was two things the reishi yes. mushroom and CBD oil have you tried that? Uh, oh, so that's yeah. yeah could you explain CBD yeah, so oil? CBD oil is basically the non-TCH version so it's yeah. a non-psychoactive um, uh, part but it basically there's a growing body of evidence and lots of studies to show that CBD oil actually helps to dissipate all the thoughts from the mind and just calm you down so if you've got anxiety and your mind's going round and round CBD oil, oil can be effective do you, do you use it? Um, I haven't used it personally but I really want to I just haven't got around to doing it yeah. yet. I use the reishi mushroom but um, there's, a, there's, there's lots of good ones out there it's quite expensive but mm. you can take either the pills or the drops or you can do the vapour thing um, yeah. But I know a lot of people that have used it and they swear by it. One of the guys from Manor who just got featured in Evening Standard, Mo, um, actually mm-hmm. a really sad story. His mum tried committing suicide and jumped in front of a train and she had to recover. Not just, she had schizophrenia. And uh, he w- did lots of research around all the things that kind of, yeah, like you said, dissipated negative mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. And has said it's helped remarkably. Yeah. Wow. And she's near enough to moving again after. I think I want to try it. Yeah, it is very expensive. Very the barrier to entry is quite high, isn't it? When you look at it in the stores, it's... it's Athletes can't right. do... Can they? Yeah, I think they... I is think it they allowed can. now in the, in the professional sport? You're not an athlete anymore. Mate. No, <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> try the CBD. Well, like there's not one around those tables. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, try the reishi mushroom or the CBD. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. It's yeah. going to come out of nowhere. Um, just like burnout. So, <laughs> what do you think people see, Rosie, when they look at you? Why did you say the God, I've got no idea. They probably hate me. No, what do you, what do you think the world sees when they look at you? I suppose it's the same it's thing. It's the same sort of question. It's like a really yeah. vulnerable question. I know. Yeah. Well, I have a different think. question. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. I have no idea. Oh, I think I get a mix. I think a lot of people look at me and probably think that I've got it all. Like that I've got nice blonde hair, my skin looks good, and I've got a lot of energy, I'm nice it and does look good. And they're probably like, bitch. I honestly think, and I actually find it hard to make friends, maybe because of that, but... I like to think that they think that I'm inspiring and I've got a journey of, like, dis- I've, I've been on this journey of hope mm. and discovery and recovery um, and that I can teach them and that I'm, yeah, that I inspire them. But yeah. maybe, maybe not. Maybe some people think that I look like, uh, like I've got it all, but maybe, hopefully they think that I'm inspiring. I don't know. Why? Why would you I like know. That? Good answer. Great <laughs> answer. Great well, answer. that was a great answer. It, it's funny. It's such a British answer as well because when we, we, we sort of go, we start, there's a trend in when people answer this question, right? And we, we got it from a rapper called Dave the Rapper. It's an amazing song if you haven't heard it before. But anyway, British people do this thing, right? And, and Rosie's a classic example of start bad. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm a bitch. Right? Yeah. Then they go, actually, no, I'm not. And they go, well, actually. And then they, go, <laughs> and they end, end with like, I'm, I'm a bitch. But it's sort of like, you go on this sort of journey of like, negative positive negative. I just, I'm, it's, we ask that question normally at the beginning to sort of get to a place of vulnerability really quickly and early on. Mm. Um, I have to say, that's the worst question I've ever been asked. Hate you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I can ask you a better question, which was, um, what do you love that most of the world hates or the other way around? What do you hate that most, most of the world loves? Love, yeah. Uh, I don't understand the question. Sorry. Coffee. What? Coffee. Oh, yes. Oh, you always oh, get the wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Something just because like the question is not working. What, would yeah. the, what, what does the what world... What do you hate that <laughs> most of the world loves? Social media? Yeah, there you go. Are you not a fan of... But you've got 25,000 followers, haven't you? It's a pinch of salt now. I take it with a pinch of salt. Really? Yeah. Because too much social media gives you anxiety. Mm, it makes it you not sleep. So what do you do around that process? Because to maintain that many followers, you have to have an upkeep of 
I mean, you guys both have large followings. It's, and and your, you know, in your line of work, I'm sure it's very it's, helpful. It's so powerful and mm. I can't run my business without it. There's hands up, promise, yeah. But I take it with a pinch of salt. I used to be really hung up on every single tiny notification. But I've turned my notifications off. Right. I only go on um, for an hour every day. Mm. No, not, no more, maybe 45 minutes, just to post and do some work. Have a little look here and there. I avoid the search button, Ooh. especially at night time. And I put my phone on airplane mode. Wow, amazing. Sounds like you've got a lot, of, a lot of the things that are crippling our society together and some really interesting well, ways of measuring I learned them. the hard way. I was in bed for three years. I yeah, had to. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's why, that's why I feel obligated to tell everybody. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, because burnout sucks. And yeah. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I really wouldn't. Well, I found this really, really helpful. Oh, I did. We, I, I did. There are so many things. Like, I, we I, love a life hack. so articulately covering some really big topics. Cool. Particularly around, you know... Well, literally everything. Do you have any uh, recipes top of mind? Because I'm trying to like end this end this month for. I want to have some healthy recipes which still taste nice because I'm I'm cooking. I know what will happen to me. I, I cook really healthy food. I'm in that zone at the moment, but at some point it's going to be a bit like. Oh, yeah, I've got loads of actually, recipes. can I ask another question? Because yeah. I okay. Which no, it's, <laughs> no, you can't. No, yeah, same yeah. as that, yeah, same go, as that question. Go. You've got to go. I realise you've got two minutes, but walking into Sainsbury's, right? Okay, I did it or wait, wait, chose yesterday. Um, I I get like decision paralysis and go salad or whatever and I don't get what can, what can we sort of mix and match to guarantee like a healthy meal and make it flavorsome wonderful or going back to Ian's question just a recipe of some sort but like <laughs> just I want to know like a core things that we can mess around with healthy and pleasurable that's what we're looking for uh, yeah man. <laughs> uh, protein and vegetables as long as you're on that track then you're alright is that kind of is that what you mean like always choose the protein first where are the vegetables coming and then the complex carbs and the fats something like that that's what? how you start Mm. I, I, if, well, that's to answer your question if so you want to work so that's together. what you do then we're walking well, them. Uh, the best thing to do is don't, to, to stop the paralysis have a list have a what do I actually need to buy today and Ooh. then you won't go off piste yeah, I spent yeah. £33 on a salad yesterday oh, and waitress. Nice, <laughs> I don't know nice. how that happened <laughs> but I you know and it's the same when you're in a restaurant you've got the menu in front of you always choose the protein first that, that will anchor you know mm-hmm. the, the paralysis thing and then just choose the fats and the vegetables and the um, healthy carbohydrates around it so are you going to get a side of spinach with some brown rice on the side or whatever and then some avocado or does it come with it you know so, but always choose the protein first okay on to Ian's question we're coming around your house dog yeah. days plus Rosie what, what you- do you make up <laughs> Oh, my camera! Well, I just wrote a book, so I get you can choose. <laughs> you yeah. Let's talk about the book for thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah okay. Please tell us about the book. So it's called Burnout's a Bitch, and it basically starts with my story of collapse and how I recovered, and it basically identifies why everybody is tired all the time. So I cover all the unexpected reasons you're tired all the time, like um, social media, FOMO, imposter syndrome. So it covers all of those things, and it talks all about the micro pressures and how the moment we wake up to the minute we go to bed, we're just bombarded with stress, and so it basically deals with. Um, it's full of actionables on how to manage stress. It identifies why you're tired all the time. And then it basically tells you how you can change your mindset, how you can change your life so you can feel energized and never burn out. Boom. And the end of it, it breaks into a six-week food program with brand new recipes, oh, snacks, recipes, and meal plan that you can just follow. Monday to Sunday, it tells you everything you need to eat to get your energy back. So that's it in a nutshell. Well, I'm going to get that. Mind the pun, I like nutshell. Maybe there's some of those. On <laughs> I'm actually going to get that for Steph because she's trying <laughs> a new diet. So it's, on, uh, it's on my Amazon pre-order. If you head over to Instagram, Miss Nutritionist, it's just in the link in my bio there. And it's, it's six pounds off right now. Wow, okay. Well, we don't go. tell them that now. We'll, just, we'll find oh, out sorry. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Buy it at full price. It's a Waterstones for Love normal ya. price. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you, much. Thank you awesome. very much. So much fun. Awesome. Don't thank forget you. to like and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at the Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week. It's not a It's not a heat